Hey guys, this is Georgia with Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to That One Time I Was Abducted by Aliens with Jamie and Bree. You're listening to That One Time I Was Abducted by Aliens. I'm Jamie. I'm Bree, and we're two sides of the coin. Hey Bree, happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. So good to be speaking with you today, my darling. I know I've missed you dearly and I've missed all of our, our wonderful listeners. I hope everyone's having a beautiful Hanukkah season. Yeah, and just holiday season in general, making the best of it. All right, Brie, what are we uh, talking about tonight? All right, today we thought that we would talk a little bit about the big Israel announcement that kind of broke the internet a little bit. Which will lead us into some other Israeli UFO cases. You know, in, in the spirit of the Hanukkah season. Aliens. Israel? Well, you know, it's funny. We spent, you know, the past few years always trying to find like a good way to tie in Christmas with UFOs and like there's not really too much you could smush together but I will say that the the Jews and the UFOs have like a very very long history and (laughs) was very easy to like use the Hanukkah season as an excuse to talk about UFOs. I didn't even think about that. I really like that. Oh we'll get into it. Don't you worry. All right. This kind of blew up everywhere, and I would honestly be kind of surprised if any of our listeners didn't hear this story. I'm sure it was all over your social media that day when it broke out. Absolutely. Before before we go anywhere, let's just, as we always do, we're terrible at pronouncing things. We will pronouncing all of these Jewish names wrong. It's just literally the life we live right now, even though we are Jewish. Ish. Yeah, very emphasis on the ish part. Uh, we're going to get all these names wrong. Oh my gosh, we could get a show like that. You know how they have like black-ish? Ooh. And I've also seen brown-ish. And we're like Jew-ish. Ish. I like it. Real-ish. All right. Haim Eshed, who is the former head of Israel's Defense Ministry Space Division, did an interview with an Israeli newspaper, which was translated from Hebrew to English. And the Jerusalem Post published the juiciest parts of this interview, which dropped December 8th. He claims that aliens have been in contact and have been working with Israel and United States government for years. He says that an agreement was made between the ETs and U.S. because the aliens just want to conduct some research and understand the fabric of the universe. He also said that the ETs are working with American astronauts and representatives in a secret underground base, which is on Mars. So who are these ETs? Well, he made a point to specifically identify these ETs as the Galactic Federation. He also claims that Trump has had knowledge of all of this and was about to roll out full-on disclosure and expose the entire ET presence, but that the Galactic Federation stopped him. They wanted to prevent mass hysteria. He said that the Galactic Federation feels that humanity needs to evolve and reach a stage where we will understand what space and spaceships are. I think a lot of people took the Trump part and really blew that one up, of course, because it's like, see, Trump knew they were aliens and he was going to expose the truth. This is why he started the Space Force. But I have a lot of questions when it comes to that, because, I mean, if 
we were already working with aliens underground and we've been doing so for, you know, years and years, who knows how far this could have gone on, then why was the Space Force just created? Why now? I don't know. I feel I feel very uncomfortable when it comes to the idea of Space Force personally, because I don't like the idea of militarizing space. Very Independence Day kind of movie. They come down, we blow them up kind of shit. Yeah. And, and we're, 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 we all know we're not fans of that kind of vibe here. Yeah. So it was just weird to me because I felt like, was that just dropped in? Just, oh, and Trump knows about it kind of thing? I don't know. I was really questionable about that. Well, I think that there's a big part of it that's like people being like, they're trying to use it, I think, as leverage. And they're like, oh, well, if Trump stays another term, then he'll use, he'll drop the knowledge. Like, it's just like, there's that side of it. And then I also think that there's people being like, no, nah, he's like last day in office. He's going to drop all the fucking knowledge and he's going to tell us all about aliens. I think at the end of the day, it's just people using somebody who is in the public image currently, like in the news a lot, and, you know, taking all the stories and meshing them together. And they're like, oh, UFO, let's throw Trump in there. I mean, with this year, with 2020, I don't expect anything different. So might as well bring them aliens. Yeah, I mean, I completely, I think I feel the same way as you. All of this just seems very familiar right? Very. The Galactic Federation, ETs in cahoots with American government, an agreement between us for research purposes, underground base on Mars, evolution of consciousness needing to take place in order for humans to even be exposed to all of this truth. Even though it was really familiar, it was just interesting to see the connections that, you know, if we're going to talk agreement, we could go back to Eisenhower and the treaty that he supposedly had signed so that ETs can do experiments on us for research purposes. Mm -hmm. And that really started the secret space program, right? Well, that was a part of the process. I know we spoke all about this when we did multiple episodes on the secret space program. So that I was like, okay, uh, an agreement that could be exactly that situation. Well, it sounds like to me, basically all the things that he is disclosing is, I, I guess what it boils down to is information we kind of already knew. Yeah, well, that's that's exactly yeah, it, what I'm saying. But it's not just that, though. It's also then on top of that, immediately when it came out, all of the big dogs, like we know, all the Twitter feeds, everyone was like, we've been talking about this shit in the Galactic Federation for a long time, motherfuckers. It's that interesting, I think, thing where it's news cycles, of course, like it's getting popped up again. But I feel like this isn't at the end of the day, none of this is any new kind of information. So it's not what he's saying. It's the fact that he's saying it. Totally. With the whole underground base on Mars. I mean, now we are talking secret space program. Yeah. It seems like everything is kind of a focus on secret space program history and all the stories that we've heard about the secret space program. Mm -hmm. And especially with the idea that humanity needs to evolve consciously in order to know these things. Like we're just not ready yet. I think we've been hearing this as long as we can think back. You know, we're just not ready. They've stopped us having certain knowledge about things or being exposed to other things because we're just not ready yet. Exactly. I just thought it was really interesting, though, that he did name drop the Galactic Federation. That was an interesting twist on, I think, most of the people who are are dropping like the same kind of stuff, the, the same kind of things he's talking about. And it immediately, the first thing I thought of when I thought of Galactic Federation was Corey Good. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Immedi immediately, I was like, oh, who? I wonder if he's been talking to him. The Galactic Federation, I mean, that goes 
far back to when Ashtar was first mentioned. And I feel like that was from George Van Tassel, actually. Yeah. Right? So that goes back to early 50s. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you don't know about these things, I think this sounds absolutely crazy. It's like, what the hell is a Galactic Federation? And, yeah, uh, you know, I'm sure all of our listeners know that it's just a group of ETs that are supposedly of like the highest vibration and they're think of it like our version of nato you know what i mean it's a group of people they to get together and meet and they make decisions about shit well yeah it's but it's supposed to be to look out for humanity you know there are these ambassadors that are in the galactic federation and those ambassadors are these ets that reach out to people and give them those information that's like ashtar would be i guess a part of that galactic federation are you thinking that we're going to need to do like maybe a deep dive galactic federation episode there's a lot that goes into it yeah. and it has a whole lot to do with you know et channelers i mean most of that information is all coming from the galactic federation or the galactic federation of light it all goes down to that i mean even our girl elizabeth april she's always talking about that I was just going to say, well, not just that, but, and recently she was channeling the the Galactic Federation and after all this happened, and I will say I've seen a lot of channelers kind of pop up and be talking about it right now. Like a lot of channelers who are out there are like, Galactic Federation is on the mind. It is just something they are channeling. And it, again, I see it all as news cycles. It's these these comes and these goes. We've been here before personally. And so I'm not super excited by this information like I guess other people would be. I just see it as like another Pentagon, we investigate UFOs drop. You know what I mean? Mm, that's really interesting. For me, it's always on like my YouTube feed. I mean, as long as I can remember, I turn on YouTube and there's a billion different videos about people channeling from the Galactic Federation or the Galactic Federation of Light or doing like mm-hmm. energy updates, letting people know it'll be like in a weird voice. And it's like, greetings, earthlings. This is, you know, whoever from the Galactic Federation of Light. Yeah. So I've always seen those things pop up. Now I'm seeing it pop up with the Israeli thing, almost like people are acting like this is new. I do think that we could go into it, though, because of its background of them being more of like Nordic aliens. Mm -hmm. And especially with George Van Tassel, I know we had an episode idea a couple months ago. It links really well with that. All right. So that's let's we'll we'll put that on the back burner for now and we'll, we'll come back to that in another episode. Overall, it's like, what is this man doing his own research? came across these concepts and stories and it's just repeating it or is this just a situation where it's confirming all the things that we already knew? I think it's maybe a little bit of both. Okay, I could see that. I think at the end of the day, if you're if you're as passionate about the subject, I think that we are, you dive deep into it and you have to take your inspiration and your ideas from other people and other their experiences, you know? There's plenty of experiences that we believe in that we've never experienced ourselves. You know what I'm saying? Who knows if maybe he personally had a conversation with someone from the Galactic Federation or maybe he's just really behind the idea of it and he's seen enough evidence in his you know his political career to be like okay I understand what's really going on here like maybe there's some things that aren't being told to me but I've connected the dots oh I see what you're saying that's a really good point you know when I first just looked at the story that's where my mind just split it in two yeah he's either full of shit he's either just taking things or this is real but I will say I mean this is an 87 year old man He's a professor now. He has such a huge background of highly classified security clearance type shit. He said in the interview, I have nothing to lose. 
But I think that there's more to the story. The fact that it was in Hebrew and then translated to English and we only got the story that has bits and pieces of what he said and that's what everyone's talking about. I think there's a big possibility that it's not the full story, that it could have been taken out of context. And I did come across Jeremy Corbell's Instagram saying that he's interviewing the man that wrote that story. He's basically asking the same questions. You know, was this word for word what the guy even said or what he meant? Or was this taken out of context and kind of like mashed together and then just thrown on an article up into the internet? I think that's the questions that we have to kind of ask going forward. So we keep our eye on this one, on this on this situation. We see what develops from it. But I have a feeling we're not going to get too much more info and it's going to go into the, the shuffle deck back to where it came from and we're going to move on with life. Mm. Unfortunately, I think we are at a time in, in our society where if a UFO just doesn't land in front of like a giant group of fucking people, like in the middle of fucking Times Square or some shit, no one, it's just we're going to keep going around in these circles where it's like we're talking about it and talking about it, but right. half of us are in and half of us are out, you know? That's a good point. It could be the truth. This could be just the truth in plain sight. We're not ready to accept it. I mean, I've seen other people talk about this and it's just like a total joke to them. They're just like, are we talking like Guardians of the Galaxy type shit? Like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. But it's interesting that he was with Defense Ministry. It's like, those are always the people that come out, right? There's like Paul Hillier with Canada's Ministry of Defense. We have Nick Pope Pope. and then now this guy from Israel. I'm waiting for the day that someone really huge and important from America does that. Someone other than what's his face? Alizon. What's his name? Alizonzo? Alizonzo. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, but I don't know how to say his name either. We can't pronounce things. (laughs) We can't pronounce things. Well, you know what? I think that, and what's interesting about it too, about him, like, you know, being old and being like, I have, I have nothing to, you know, I got to get it out. It's also in that same trend that we find of these like deathbed confessions where people get towards the end of their life and they can't hold it in anymore. So I think that that's also on track. And and there's two ways that you can take that. And I think that we always do. I think when sometimes things are so to the, to the T, the process is so to the T, it's like, are you following the process or did the process happen to you? You know what I mean? Is it real or are you just, you know, you wait until you were old because you were like, oh, so what everyone else does. They just wait until they're like 90 and then they're like, fuck it. I'm just going to, I'm going to start just yelling shit at people. That just proves how shitty our trust is Yeah, when it comes to any situation that is this heavy. Yeah. Absolutely. That's just literal life right now. I feel like if somebody gave me bad news about something, I would have to literally look at them and process it as like, either that's real or like I'm being pranked or you know (laughs) what I mean? Like that's, we're so untrusting because everything is so like, so easy to manipulate our surroundings now, which makes it, I think, why we don't have that trust. Yeah. And because everyone always has an agenda. And so when someone could be dropping knowledge just out of the goodness of their heart and wanting people to accept it, we're just like, hmm, what are you trying to gain from this? Yeah, what you want? What you want, ho? What you want, ho? You know, he's just like, oh, I'm coming out now because things are different. Five years ago, I would have been looked at crazy, but now it seems like people are more accepting of these things. 
I mean, that's kind of true. We have space kind of popping off right now. People seem to be a little bit more interested. No, I think people are and a lot... Stargate more... is trending on Netflix. <laughs> I think you're underestimating it. I think a lot more people are looking to space right now. I think especially because we're all sitting at home and, and wanting to go out. So space is like a nice way for us to sit at home, but like be outside, you know? And I think that I genuinely think that if, if aliens were going to pop up right now is literally such a good time for it. Okay. I think that like mentally we're all just exhausted. <laughs> be like, oh, okay, that makes sense. We wouldn't even want to fight it because we'd be like, no, no more. No more 2020. We're no tired more. tired of the shit anyway. Exactly. Yeah. So what do you, what do you foresee? Are people going to accept this? Are we going to the stars or do you think it's just going to remain a sci-fi concept, you know, like, oh, that's funny. Yeah. I, I, well, I think we both know that it's not, you know, sci-fi. Aliens are here. But for the people who aren't uh, as convinced yet, I think that all this kind of stuff in the media is priming everyone for it, them to believe it. So as always, we're just waiting for like the actual drop. We're just waiting. Like we've been, it's just crumb, 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 crumb every goddamn month, every year as we go on with life. And I'm just waiting. I'm waiting for the UFO to drop on a lawn somewhere and just be like, hey guys, what's up? My name's Ben. I'm from Venus. <laughs> That's so sad though. Like what if we've been getting all of these disclosure breakthroughs? that we've been wanting and it's just that we don't believe anyone that says it very plausible Ugh. i know we'll see what happens i'm curious to see if any of our listeners believe the story or if they have a lot of questions about it like we do uh surprise surprise i'm kind of a middle bitch on this one <laughs> yeah i'm gonna have to again i bring it back to like them following the script to the t it's like i can't figure out whether or not it's just that's naturally what happens or or they're just taking a page right out of the blueprint and they're like all right we're copying and pasting and we're gonna say the exact story that everybody always says so we'll see what happens with it like i said i feel like it's gonna the the craziness of it is gonna die down and then we won't hear about it anymore I hope that's not the case, but I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah. I'm really interested to uh, look at Jeremy Corbell's interview. I feel like that drops today or maybe tomorrow. You guys should check it out because I am too. Absolutely. I think he always comes at things from a very grounded perspective. And so I'm interested to see what comes out from that interview and if things change. I agree. It was really interesting to listen to Israel pop up though. I, I haven't heard too much about Israel and UFOs. So I did think that was cool that they kind of popped up on the radar. Well, you know, speaking of that, I will say that I tried to look into some some nice juicy UFO cases for Israel. And I have to admit, I think there's two things at play here. I think the first thing is, is that the news is really dominated by the by the story of this guy that we just talked about. And so it's really hard to find anything else in reference to UFOs in Israel right now because everything's just flooded with that story. But also, I think that Israel is a little bit tight lipped on the things that happen there in the UFO world. Really? Yeah, so we'll start off with one that was a little bit more recent and that was deemed to be a hoax, so they say. So in 2011, there was three videos that showed up on the internet of a giant orb coming down on like the holiest place in Jerusalem, which is where the Muslim temple is, the, the rock, as everyone calls it. And it was three different videos from three different angles of this big, bright, circular thing ascending slowly down, hovering on top of the dome. And then shooting up into the sky. And then like you saw like some weird red kind of like lights and dots as it did that. 
And the videos were very convincing. What was nice about them is they were from multiple different angles. You could hear the people in the background being like, oh my God, what is that? You know, that kind of shit. You had this one lady in the background, like, we see them things in Mississippi all the time, but I never see one of them here. <laughs> you know, that's my favorite one, right? That's my favorite UFO video. You know, that was super fucking fake, right? I know. Yes. Listen, I know what you're going to say. Oh my God. But listen, Linda. Listen, Linda. Okay, okay, okay. Give it to me. Tell me, tell me. Even, even John D'Souza talked about this yeah, with us. I remember that. What happened were there were these real videos that came out and then they were they were washed away what? with a bunch of fake ones that came out. Yeah. So that, that's what I'm talking about. So that's the first case. So shortly after the videos came out, a lot of people were like, oh, no, these aren't real. This is like a picture that they made like shake with some like video editing software. And then they added, you know, the audio in the background. And I will say the videos, if you do watch them, they look very fake. Like it literally looks like a picture with nothing else moving other than the UFO. And you're like, there's like light glares and shit. Like the cameras are moving around, like shit would be moving more. So I start to see that. But it's funny that you say that because I thought, okay, here we have another UFO case that might possibly have some good evidence. And then all of a sudden people come out of nowhere and they're like, er, skirt, nope, immediately. It's all bullshit. It's all bullshit. Wait a second. There's plenty of cases, I think, where that happens, where we see like some evidence and then immediately people are like, nope, let's shut this down right now. Is it necessarily that that specific incident was a hoax or was it, like John DeSouza said, a little bit more of a cover up and maybe there's some more happening? But I will say there's not a lot of information about that specific case on the Internet other than it being a hoax. Yeah. The initial video when it came out, I thought was amazing. I don't know if I can find the initial one anymore that I had watched. It doesn't look just like a ball. It looks to me like a legitimate orb that I've seen with my own eyes before, where it looks almost like it's shape, not shape shifting, but it's moving. It's not like a solid circle. It's moving. Like the one we saw in the backyard. Similar, where it's not just like a dense object. It's something that like expands and contracts. I mean, when I saw that, I was like, oh my God, that's it. I've seen that with my own eyes before. And when it shoots up into the sky, I was like, holy shit, that mm -hmm. was magical. Mm -hmm. We've seen that before. That yeah. Mm -hmm. magical. You know, the word that John D'Souza used for this tactic of over overwhelming the internet with fake video was data flooding. Yeah, data flooding. That I remember that. just makes so much sense to me when he said that it because does. I'm thinking, oh my God, how many times, how many stories and videos and things have we seen that looks legitimate? And then all of a sudden you can never find that anymore. And there's just tons and tons of fake shit just like thrown at you. And then you automatically just say, oh no, that's obviously not real. So like that's bullshit. So all UFO videos are probably bullshit. That's, that's unfortunately how the world works. And I think that this might possibly be another case of that happening. It was, I think that the evidence might've just been too good. Whatever swoops in to swoops in, swooped in and, and fucked up some shit. Wow. That's so sad, but that really is my favorite UFO video. If anyone hasn't seen it, you should look it up. Uh, hopefully you find the real one and don't look at it and think like, wow, that's your favorite UFO video. Cause that looks like a little piece of like aluminum, some bullshit, some like tin foil <laughs> curled up in a ball <laughs> dropped down from the ceiling. Exactly. The original video is quite amazing. Yes. All right. Now for our second case, it's a, a little better, a little bit more detail. We're going to go into a story that was written by a guy named Barry Shamish. It's not his story to tell. It is definitely someone else's story, but he did a lot of research on it and he wrote a book about it. And in the book details a lot of it. The book's called Return of the Giant. 
he was born in Canada and he was like a really famous author and he ended up going to Jerusalem and getting into like UFOs and conspiracies and things like that. And so he he definitely like had like a very nice uh, author career and then jumped down the UFO rabbit hole and, you know, went for that ride just like we did. I appreciate that from people. I feel like that gives them more credit sometimes in my I opinion because you. you could make money off of legitimate things, you know, and people appreciate that. But then when you come out with your tinfoil hat and ditch the possibility of you making money off of your work I feel like that's like a true truth seeking person true I agree with you that's why we're poor (laughs) (laughs) I'm not poor I'm hocus brocus oh I like that all right so on September 28th 1987 there was a 27 year old mechanic who was driving just south of Haifa which of course you guys I'm gonna say it wrong um when he saw something kind of like hovering above the area it was like a a sandy beach area called Shilkmona Beach on the Mediterranean Sea so like at first I think with anyone who sees something weird the guy's first thought wasn't like oh my god that's a UFO he was like oh that's probably like an airplane or like a helicopter or some shit that like is really low to the ground and so he started driving towards it to like investigate really what he saw he stopped his car and he got out of it and he saw like this disc-shaped craft emitting this bright flash of kind of almost like a beam of light and then it just disappeared out of nowhere right in front of his eyes. He goes and immediately reports it to the police because he's like, this is really weird. And the next day, the police, him, and a ufologist named Hadassah Arbel and everybody went back to the site to go kind of like see what happened. Now, here's what makes it really cool about this situation is they went back and not only was there evidence, but they documented all of it. There is pictures of what happened. So what looks like what happened is that a beam of light had come down from the sky, you know, maybe a little UFO beamy tractor, and it had made a dark circle on the sand. And I, I say dark circle on the sand because what's interesting about it is the sand was not burnt. It was just black. Weird. Very. And so, the, and this is also not the only time that it had happened to mm. him. In addition to the, the black circle that they found on the ground, uh, and they took samples of that in pictures, also kind of in the shrubbery around it, they could visibly see like an image burned into the shrubs that kind of showed a outline of a pilot in front of like a control board. Oh, shit. Yes. How the fuck? I, I, that's what I'm saying. So this also happened again in June 6, 1988, when a very similar kind of craft once again made this weird darkness in the sand at that same beach, but this time maybe like 100 yards north of where that event had happened. And again, they did it all over again, and they went and looked, and they took samples and all those things. And then a year after that, April 27, 1989, two teenagers witnessed a UFO explode into hundreds of shards of pieces over that same beach, which, if you remember anything, is there not a similar UFO case where we have a UFO exploding over a beach? Yeah, seems very similar to me, guys. Something else is really similar to me, too, by your story. Do you remember, and my, I've got to be honest, my brain is kind of blanking, and I was about to go searching through the notes on my phone from an episode that we did. I hope it was in 2019. It could have been even 2018. But for some reason, I want to say the Aurora crash, even though I don't think it was the Aurora. 
It was the story of the sheriff who heard the banging noises and saw the craft coming down and there's just like fire coming out of it and it lands and he goes out and there's like the two kids. Well, they're two aliens. And then you remember that? And then he like hides behind the car and then all, all this, all these things happen, right? But I remember that the sand was burned in a way where the sand was like black. Yeah. And, but not burnt. Yes. Mm-hmm. J. Allen Hynek and Project Blue Book came out there and collected this the samples. Yeah. And I remember you saying that when they came out with the um, explanation, it was just natural phenomena. And that's one of the things that we we're talking about was they, they didn't explain how it could happen whatsoever, but they just said, oh, it's a, it's a natural phenomena, but no one ever saw the samples of the sand again. Well, you know, it's real funny that you talk about these samples because seven years after the event is when Barry Shamus sent the samples to finally get tested. And he actually had them tested on a TV show called Sightings, if anyone remembers that. I don't think I do. It's all good. So when they examined it under a microscope, it seemed to kind of like uh, the microscope melted the sand as they were looking at it. What? And what they discovered was is that the sand particles were turned black because there was a low melting hydrocarbon material on the outside of the sand. Wow. The laboratory has absolutely no explanation of how or why it got on there. They can't say the sand came to them like that. They can't say it was contaminated. They just, they have no idea. That is so crazy. And guess what? I remember I have the name of the sighting. It was not the Aurora, thank God. So I was like, it sounds like the Aurora. No, it's not. It was the Socorro, New Mexico story. Yes, yes, yes. Remember? You're correct. Yeah. That's so crazy. So it's like doing something strange to the sand and no one has a legitimate explanation for it, which is obviously like legit physical evidence. Well, speaking of physical evidence, so the two boys who saw the UFO blow up in that same area on the beach in Israel, you know, there was also physical evidence in that one as well. And there were pieces that came down to the ground. Now, it is said that a lot of the pieces that when they tried to pick them up, they like turned to ash because they were just so far gone. But a bunch of scientists had went to the area and they found that magnesium was 6,000 times higher than the surrounding areas in the area of where the debris had fallen. And the little shards that they did find of the of the craft of the material that blew up were pure magnesium. Oh my God. Yes. So there's, there's some, it's interesting that we have physical evidence in both of these things. We have pictures, we have witnesses, but here's where, here's where this story, I think, pushes it over the edge to me and why it makes it perfect for this Hanukkah season, because This exact site is about 200 yards from a place called Elijah's Cave, which in the Torah is supposedly where Elijah preached and where the Canaanite uh, challenged the gods to a duel. Oh my God. Wait, so that's the second like sacred site in uh, the Jewish faith. Mm -hmm. Those are two sightings that you just named that have like that sort of sacred significance. Oh, wait, it gets better. So what makes it even more interesting about not only that site, but the story itself, you know, the Canaanites um, are dueling the gods and these two bulls were tethered down. So they, these two bulls were put up there and they were supposed to, the two the two fighting sides were supposed to each roast to the bulls. And like, obviously uh, the Canaanites failed, but the gods seemingly decided to take up the challenge and beamed down a beam of light from the heavens that cooked both of the bulls on the spot and left big black circles. Oh my God, it's like the exact same thing. 
it's not only interesting, but it also gets me into the headspace of thinking, okay, obviously there's some sort of UFO-iness in the Jewish culture, because this sounds very UFO-y to me and not so godlike to me, that sounds. And the more I dug into it, the more I realized that the Jews since the beginning have been all about the aliens, like not necessarily like written down like in the in their Torah, like aliens are real, but like definitely alluding to, you know, the giants and and angels who are beings with no bodies uh, come down to speak to you. Like what what do they show up as? Would Some people say angels, other people would say orbs or aliens or things like that. And one thing that's nice, I think, about the Jewish faith in general when it comes to this kind of stuff is they're not dismissive of it at all. They're the exact opposite of most other religions who are like, oh, no, 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 God only created this earth. There's nothing outside of there. This is the only thing that's in the Bible. We're strictly going to this. Whereas in the Jewish faith, it's much more open to, hey, God's a big deal. God could create anything in the whole wide world. There's so much more out there that you that you were wondering on. It's not about it's not about looking within within our own walls, but looking outward to God's walls to see what we can find. I know. And it's so interesting because the Bible as a whole is the first testament and the second testament. And the first testament is all of the Jewish faith. And when the second testament came, it was almost like they cleaned up what they could about the first one and direct people to more think about it in a godly filter opposed to there could be other beings that aren't necessarily a part of the God tribe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I'm just going to have to, what I'm concluding from all of this is that because we're Jewish. Ish, ish, ish. We're Jew, Jew, uh, emphasis on the ish. We can talk to aliens. And so now <laughs> I think when they say that we're God's chosen people, I think we're really, oh. I think we're really the aliens chosen people. And we're the ones to help bring all this shit in. Because look how deep it is in our culture and our history, you know, like they've been screaming about this shit forever. It's very ancient astronaut theory. Very. Hardcore. That is so interesting that that story is the same that's very it's literally the exact same wow it's like exactly what happened like like uh, i just it's so that entire situation is so baffling to me for it to happen not just once not just twice but then like twice and then like a third time a ufo blow up in the same area then on top of that to go back like how many no thousands and thousands of years to it happening and someone writing it down in the goddamn Bible? Like, that's insane to me. It really is. It also just shows to me that that whole Middle Eastern area is just where we need to be at. Well, I mean, technically, that's like around where the cradle of civilization began is in that area. Exactly. I mean, how crazy. Who knows? Like, I'm, I'm curious if they have tons and tons of sightings and we just don't hear about it all the time. That's really what I think it is, I honestly. But what I think everyone should go do is definitely go read Return of the Giants by Barry Shamish. C-H-A-M-I-S-H because I don't know how to pronounce things. I'm breathing some tone deaf. <laughs> but go check it out. You should also go check out the the pictures of the sand and the drawings that they did of the the imprint on the on the vegetation around with like the burnt in like uh, alien and the control panel and stuff. It's definitely very interesting and not too many people put the kibosh on it. Not too many people are like hoaxing it. Like it's definitely something that's out there that's like, yeah, the, everything lines up here. Pretty much every site I went to was like, 
as much as I want to be skeptical about this, there, there's nothing for me to be skeptical about. Hmm. Everything is there evidence-wise that we would need for me to be like, oh, you don't have this, oh, you don't have this, but we don't know. We just don't have answers. And I, I love stories like that because those are really the ones that I think really like tug at my heartstrings because it's like, oh, you can't even say no. You can't even say no. Even if you wanted to, you can't. Yeah. So it looks like the overall consensus here is to fact that it's not sci-fi. We're facting that. Facting that. Speaking of all this factor sci-fi, Brie, I think it's time for factor sci-fi. Brie, you know, it's been a hot minute since we've done a factor sci-fi. It really has. You know, and it's the end of the year. It's December. And I just, I figured as a gift to everyone, we should talk about Something maybe a little penis shaped. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Our Christmas and Hanukkah gift this year is brought to you by a giant penis shaped object. Brought to you by swipes. (laughs) (laughs) Where the fuck are swipes at? (laughs) The Vajvac 5000. Oh my God. Okay. All right. So real deep in the news right now, everyone's talking about these goddamn motherfucking monoliths, Brie. I see them as giant metal penises. I don't necessarily look at them as monoliths personally because I don't think aliens use screws and like bolts to like make this. There isn't any screws and bolts in it, but it does look a lot like my trash can, but longer. It, you know what? I, uh, here, okay, let's let's talk about it. The Bureau of Land Management was flying over Utah, doing surveys, you know, looking at rocks, taking notes. I'm going to assume like smoking weed because that sounds fun to do, like why you fly over rocks, but like, you know, probably not. But anyways, (laughs) they were like flying and all of a sudden they see something real shiny and they're like, oh my God, we should go check that out. They fly over, mark some coordinates, take some pictures, go down there. Huge monolith is there. They make an announcement. People start going back deep in like Google photos and things like that to zoom in on the location to figure out when exactly it got there. They're saying it happened, I want to say they said sometime before 2015 is when it was put there. What? Yeah, like it's been there for a hot minute. Like it, it's not something that just showed up overnight. It has been there for several years and that, <laughs> and nobody discovered it. It's been five years. It's been five years. I it's just been chilling. It might have been more. Um, I, I don't think that they have an exact. I think that they're going back by like surveys and, and you know, picture like drone pictures. They're trying to find exact. They don't know exactly when it showed up, but they don't. they do have an idea that it's been there for a few years. <laughs> so... Uh, the Bureau of Land Management decided to let everyone know about this monolith, which I think was their original fuck up. They probably should have kept this to themselves. Oh. Immediately, people start hoarding to the area. They're just like, they're running. Not only are they running there, but they're driving their cars. They're not, there's nowhere to park. They're trampling wildlife. And at this point, everyone's like, stop showing up to come look at this thing. Well, there's this guy who is a photographer who was out there taking pictures of it one night. Um, and... As he was there and he was like fucking with his camera, changing his battery, a bunch of dudes in a truck rolled up, jumped out of the truck and said, hey, you better hurry up and take your pictures because this thing isn't going to be here in the morning and proceeded to rip it out of the ground, throw it inside of a barrel, roll it back to their truck and drive away with it. Then shortly after that, also these people didn't claim that they had made the monolith or anything. They just had decided they were coming in to pick it up and they didn't give anyone a reason. They were just like, One thing that they yelled as they were leaving was like, this is what you get for leaving trash in the desert or something like that. (laughs) So I don't know. I don't know the motivation about getting rid of it. But like the next day, one popped up in like California or one, they started popping up all over the place. And so there's multiple things that could be happening here. Number one, this is some sort of an art installation. And as one got picked up, another one showed up to maybe make it seem like it had teleported somewhere. 
the more and more I read into the case, I realize that the people who stole the first monolith really have nothing to do with it. And I think that they were just taking it because they didn't want people in the desert, like, fucking things up. I think they went to sell it, like, at a recycling place. They're like, this shit is worth thousands. They were like, mm, some, some stainless steel. Perfect. <laughs> then we had somebody in the new or someone on YouTube come out saying that he's responsible for all the monoliths and he's been doing it for a long time which I kind of sort of knew something like that was going to happen. I don't know if I necessarily believe the guy in all honesty. I'm just mm-hmm. like anyone could claim that they they did it. I mean, unless you have like videos of you years ago putting it up and you can like show me exactly like give me like the the document, drop the doc on like what happened and how you did it. I think that 2020 is just really fucking weird. And I think that we are now resulting to weird shit. And I personally don't think that the monoliths are aliens. And I think that they're definitely human personally. So I'm going to have to hard hard sci-fi this one yeah my first it just blew up everywhere you sent me tiktok stories for days days to where i just like wasn't even i was just like oh god this thing again every time it would come up josh would be like fake yeah because i'm thinking like what was the purpose it really could be like you said an art installation i mean people are inside and they're bored so let's make some crazy shit and just like drop it in the middle of nowhere unless like you said, it's been there for that long. So that specific one has been there for a long time. So I think that maybe, I think there's a possibility maybe that there's something about the Utah one that's different than all the other ones. Mm. But I think that we're never going to know now because it's disappeared and it's gone. And any chance we had to actually look at it is not there anymore. But I think that whatever's happening now with the situation is people taking advantage of it. Yeah, I think it's a possibility. It is funny for this one guy to be like, I did it all. It reminds me of um, those two guys that came out when the crop circles were blowing up and they were like, we did them all with this board and our foot. And you it's did like, it all. there's no way that you did all of them. We did it, Brie. You made a crop circle. It's just weird. Like, what was the reason? What was the purpose? Why did we all initially, why does everyone assume aliens? Is it because of the Space Odyssey movie? You know, there's like the big monolith is in that movie and that's what it reminded me of yeah i think it reminded a lot of people of that i think that's probably why they draw that but i also think that when you think of monoliths though we think more alien you know what i mean like when we see the big stone monoliths and things like that um i don't know i'm like i said i'm gonna have to hard sci-fi it are you sci-fiing it too yes i'm sci-fiing it all right we're gonna have to sci-fi in that one i think some people really do believe that story but to me i'm just like mm. I don't think so. Yeah, I'm not into it. But it is interesting that that came out and then the Israeli guy came out. Was he like, hey, now's a good time that everyone thinks that these monoliths are aliens. I should drop some shit. God's time and is always right. It's just like another thing. I think it's a Hanukkah miracle. Oh, God. I think that this Hanukkah season, we should just go ahead and um, just all admit that aliens are real, everybody. I think that's what we're going to take home at the end of the day is this lesson is that aliens are real. The whole thing with the Israeli story is kind of crazy. I think that we should link the Galactic Federation a little bit. Like I mentioned earlier, we had an episode idea a couple months ago, and it kind of links up with that. And we didn't get a chance to record it. I think it would make perfect sense now. And I think it might just add another layer to the original story. So hopefully we will be speaking about that next. And happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah, motherfucker. And we love you guys so much. Thank you for tuning in. Please stay safe out there. Be mentally okay. We're all trying our best. And you know what? That's all right right now. We're just trying our goddamn best. Except Mountain View, California. You are always a shithole and I hate everybody there. (laughs) Good night, guys. I love you. Love you guys. Good night.